How do companies create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? The team at The Receptionist, a Denver-based software company, sets out to answer that very question. Welcome to The Fabric. Here's your host, Michael Ashford. Here in the first episode of 2024, I'm excited to welcome yet another new team member to the show. Our team grew by seven people in 2023, and one of those new hires was Julia Maudsley, our customer education specialist. Julia's role is a new one for us as we look to continue to provide radical support to our customer base. And so in this conversation, Julia and I discuss expectations, the expectations that come with trying to craft and create a brand new role while being a new employee to the company, and also how to set expectations with customers in a role like Julia's. If you're interested in learning more about what we do and how company culture drives us, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the receptionist app. We're currently releasing new episodes of The Fabric once a month, along with lots of other great content. And now here's my interview with Julia. Welcome to The Fabric. Another new guest here. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Very exciting. Anytime we do these, anytime we bring on a new employee uh, as our team grows, it's just always fun for me as the host of the show to bring on and introduce new new team members to the, the audience. And you're not just a new team member. You are starting and building a brand new role here. How long have you been here now? It's just been over, I think, five months. Okay. So it feels much, much shorter. But yeah, we're almost getting to the half year mark, which is crazy. Oh, that is crazy. Okay. So first five, six months into the, by the six months, seven months, actually, by the time this comes out, what's been the initial experience? What has it just been like coming to the receptionist, onboarding here, being a part of this company? Just let the audience, which is a lot of our customers who you work with, let them know just what has it been like so far? So much fun. Like fun (laughs) is just the first word. And I think... When I think of starting a new job, fun is never the first word I think of. (laughs) So to have that experience here has just been amazing. I've loved every moment of it, meeting all the new team members, uh, getting acquainted with customers. It's all just been a great experience. And, you know, not having necessarily a role that already existed with expectations to step into has also been really fun to, you know, play around and see what works and, and develop the role as we go, basically. Is there a moment that kind of exemplifies fun for you, the the fun experience of coming on board here at The Receptionist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my first week here um, was during our quarterly meeting week. So every yeah. quarter we get to get together all in person, the whole company. Um, and that was literally my first week. <laughs> um, so we got to have a lot of fun events um, going out and also some really great meetings. So getting to meet everyone face-to-face in person um, you know, at a company that works within a hybrid model was really awesome and yeah. made those relationships develop a lot quicker and more naturally than normal. What was our event for that one? Was that bowling? That would have been over the summer. Was that the Rockies game? It was the Rockies The game. Rockies baseball mm-hmm, game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super, super fun. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. So you mentioned something there in that answer, coming into a role that isn't super well-defined customer education specialist is a new role here for us at the receptionist. And we'll explain a little bit of what, about what that means, but honestly, we didn't even really know fully what that meant. <laughs> um, Lizanne, our director of customer experience, this was a role she envisioned your, uh, who you report to, but 
the you mentioned not having expectations. So for some people, I got to imagine that can be a little scary. What was it like for you? I think having a supportive team made it a lot less scary because mm-hmm. definitely coming into the role, having interviewed for the role, knowing that it didn't have, you know, a previous person in that position um, definitely felt scary and felt like, oh, I'm going to need to develop this all on my own. I'm going to need to find everything that's wrong and fix all of those problems. <laughs> and it just simply didn't wasn't that way. Yeah. Right. So having that team collaboration um, and having some people to bounce ideas off of made it a lot more fun and a lot less uh, pressure on me to solve all those problems and to define the role just by myself. So coming in and interviewing for a role like that, what what's going through your head? What was going through your head as you're hearing, okay, this is a brand new role. It's never been done before this company. Uh, to, to your point, no expectations, nothing to necessarily fix. I guess for the people that may be listening to this in a similar type of position, advice for them, how did you approach even the interview process? Yeah, that's a a great question and something that I definitely struggled with going into the interview process was, right, how do you sell yourself to a role that is so ambiguous? And, you know, um, Lizanne definitely told me, you know, we'd like you to do this, but it's okay if you don't want to, or (laughs) we'd like you to do this, but we don't know if that's going to work out. So I think what I really focused on was just showing my strengths and my soft skills um, and really saying, okay, this is what I can do, you know, against adversity or in a stressful situation and, you know, letting the team decide, okay, can that work within what we're looking for and what this role may develop into in the future, rather than saying, you know, I can meet these numbers that, you know, I didn't, know if I could. The numbers didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. But here you are. Here you are, Julia. (laughs) Okay. So customer education specialist, how then you're here, you're five months in, how have you approached building this role? What, what has been your day in day out as, as getting this role defined up and running? And we'll explain what that is as we get into it and feel free to, to add detail there. But what's been your process now that you are actually here? Yeah, it's a lot of testing. Um, It's a lot of figuring out what works. So a lot of discussions. I'm working very closely with all members of my team to try and get some experience from them since they are the ones who are more familiar with the customers and the product than I am and kind of throwing ideas to them and saying, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think this could work? And I will say that 99.9% of the time they're like, yeah, go for it. You know, it's a very supportive Um, environment and anything that hasn't worked, you know, we just say, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on. Let's do something different. And that could be as simple as like, what day of the week am I calling customers? (laughs) Or, um, you know, am I reaching out via email versus calls? Or, you know, how are we structuring emails? Like all the minute details are just coming a little bit more into focus with every day. On the customer education side of things. So what does that look like? What are you trying to educate our customers on how how has that shaped and molded? Obviously, your role is that, but how has the the overarching goal of customer education shaped your role in building this? What does that look like? Absolutely. I think the biggest focus is on product knowledge and making sure that uh, the whole customer base has access to the support that they need and to the information that they need to be successful and get the most value out of the receptionist. Mm-hmm. So figuring out, I mean, yeah, that is the big question and something we're still working on is how do we get that information, most of which we have documented really well, but you know, maybe 
someone's not even asking the questions to know. Maybe they don't even know what they need yet. So really focusing on proactive support as well and proactive outreach and saying, hey, how are things going? Have you looked at this? Have you seen this? You know, if they have, that's great. Then it's just a little gentle reminder. But if they haven't, um, it could really help for the longevity of the customer with us. So what are some of those things that have worked then? You said you were doing a lot of testing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even down to what days am I calling people? But what what has worked so far? So far, um, I think the thing that's worked the most is just being persistent and honest and treating people like people. Mm. Um, and being honest about who I am. And, you know, I tell every customer that I, I've spoken with or I have emailed with, you know, hey, I'm new here too. And, you know, I'm if, you, if I don't know the answer to your question, someone does, we'll figure it out for you. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And I think being vulnerable and being honest with them allows that reciprocal relationship so that they can be vulnerable and honest with me and, you know, maybe ask questions that they felt were silly or, or not worth reaching out for. So opening, just opening those lines of communication really has been really important. And, and that's something that I think has worked, um, especially to help build that relationship and get repeat you know, contact or to see, you know, if I send out an email saying, hey, this is something you should do. And then to, you know, see in their account, they're doing it, even if they don't respond, just to know that they were, you know, they saw it, they acknowledged, understood, you know, it's been, it's been great. Yeah. The concept of radical support, how has that fueled the work that you're doing? And, and was that a concept you totally understood before coming in here? Just how was that? How has that fed yeah, your your work, you're trying to build this this role into something that hasn't been here before. What's that been like? Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, I think the idea of radical support is at its core just a fundamental thing that all types of customer interaction and really I think human interaction yeah. should <laughs> I agree. <laughs> should encompass, right? So like while it seems really common sense, um I know, you know, it's something that can be difficult to practice. And so I think taking radical support specifically for this role, you know, was really focusing on treating people as people because we do have quite a large customer base. And so to be in contact with so many people at once while also not seeming too robotic or like, you know, having canned answers, trying to make things really personal and reaching out only when I think I can be helpful, not just, you know, to blast emails out to everyone and to fill in boxes. Yeah. I think that's been important. So the radical support of that being, you know, fostering these meaningful connections understanding what customers are looking for, understanding their goals, um, understanding even just the whole life cycle of how long they've been with us, why they're with us, and incorporating that into the contact that we're making and to the uh, things that we're putting out, videos, hopefully more podcasts in the future, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, making sure that we're making those meaningful personal connections, not just extra noise in, in the inbox. No, we don't want to be that. Okay. So how do you figure out what the customer wants. You said that there in that answer. Um, and and yeah, I, I want to stick here on the fact that you are one customer education specialist yes. serving. Uh, we have over 6,000 locations right now, not, not 6,000 customers, but 6,000 locations around the world using our software and our system. Yeah. How do you, how do you, do you begin to figure out what people want and not just what people want individually, but like begin, is any part of this process beginning to parse out like globally, I'm hearing this from more and more people just 
Yeah, what is that like? Explain that to the marketer who has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely um, been an interesting learning experience. And it's it's doing a lot of research. It's putting in the time right and researching the vertical. I mean, a lot of the verticals that we're working with are industries I have not worked with. Yeah. I am a teacher by, <laughs> uh, you know, by trade before I got into the more support side of things. So I've learned a lot about manufacturing and a lot about aerospace um, and right, seeing those trends. So, you know, if I have one um, customer who I know wanted A, B, C, and D because they were very vocal about it. If I have a customer in a simil similar vertical saying, okay, these are what I know you may want. So maybe offering those up or checking in, seeing if they're using the features that these other verticals are, are, are the same vertical is using, um, that can be really helpful. Um, looking through sales notes, you know, just doing as much digging. I do a lot of digging. That's a lot <laughs> of my daily work is just digging to try and find out that information before I come. Because I do think it's really important to ask a lot of questions mm. and to open up dialogue. Um, and that can be a great way to find those answers. Um, but that means I got to get in first, right? I got to yeah. get the people to to be responsive and say, yes, I want to talk to you. Yes, I want to learn more. Then I can ask those questions. So even before I go in, I, I try to be prepared and, and do that research um, to understand maybe what someone like them is looking for. Um, and then, yeah, we go from there. Looping that back around to what we were starting with, I'm I'm just curious, Julia. Like, how how do you prioritize? Like, you're 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 having a lot of customer conversations, both like over the phone and and via chat or through email. You're building a new role from scratch. How do you even how do you even know what to prioritize? Let alone <laughs> actually prioritizing things. Like, what makes up your to do list? Totally. Um, I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a totally fine answer, by <laughs> the way. That is a, definitely a day by day. But I, I will say my first priority has been the people. Like if I get a call, if I get um, outreach from a customer, if I get an email, that always comes first. So, you know, making sure that I'm making those human connections and those relationships with our customer base. Um, that to me, that's most important. And I always have time in, in my schedule to to develop relationships. Um, then from there, we're looking, right, we're looking at scaling. And yeah. so that's something that we're working on a lot right now is making sure, you know, how can me as one person, right, apply to those 6,000 um, locations to provide that extra, you know, knowledge, product knowledge and support. Our support team does a great job doing that, oh, yeah. that already, a lot of that. <laughs> so basically, yeah, what can I do to, to further that support? And again, yeah, make it even more personal and proactive and, you know, get to the questions before they come. So I'd say, you know, prioritizing people and that also helps me learn and that helps me in the research. You know, I get the questions that I need to ask answered. Um, but then doing that research, that's that at least at the moment has been priority number two is understanding our customer base, understanding what people are looking for. Um, even just from, you know, Google, really at the end yeah. of the day, I'm go I've done a lot of Googling for our customers just to see, okay, what does your company organization look like? What else are you guys doing? What else are you involved in? And getting that knowledge can really help me piece the picture together without having to, to talk to them. Because the goal, and I don't know that we've said this yet, you may, you may have mentioned it, the goal for your role is to product adoption. I believe you said that using more of our features using and understanding what they do, not just like that we, that they're there and that they exist, but what they do, how they could be used so that hopefully 
more of our customers are using more of our our features and getting the most value out of the system that we can. And and I'm trying not to be like marketer speak here, but we <laughs> want our customers to use use the features that we're we're spending a lot of dev time, energy, and money into putting into the product. Right. And and ultimately, for a role like this, it's about reducing customer churn. Right? Yes. It's about are they getting their money's worth <laughs> to where they feel like it's a good investment for them? Like that's ultimately at the end of the day, what we're, what we're hoping to do with a role like this and, and to the scale that you're talking about before we talk about how people interact with you and kind of begin to close mm -hmm. this up. I do want to ask, how does the layer of employee supremacy um, help you in the, in your role? What has that been like to try and build a role from scratch with this, layer of employee supremacy that we're from Andy on down, we're, we're talking about our employees, the decisions that we make, our employees are first and foremost, we think that'll affect the customers, which ultimately affect everyone involved, shareholders included. How has that layer affected you or, or what's that been like? Absolutely. I mean, I've worked um, in support roles before, and I can definitely say that the way that your support team treats your customers is very much a reflection of how your um, higher level treats your support team. It is just you can only give what you receive is really yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Um, so feeling supportive, supported feeling supported and feeling encouraged by my team helps me to do that for my customers. Um, because I'm treated like a person, you know, I just feel more, it's easier to treat them as people, um, especially when I'm not trying to reach, you know, quota numbers and I'm not trying to make sure, right, I'm trying to reach a certain amount of, you know, reduction in churn, just making sure that we're focusing on the relationship, which is really what I think of employee supremacy does too, is focusing on how the employees interact with their company and get to make those decisions. It really bleeds into then how I interact with our customers. And I try and mirror that relationship as much as possible because it makes me feel good at work. <laughs> and so I know for most of our people using our product, they're using it at work yeah. as well. And, yeah. you know, it's really nice to get that support um, when you're at at work and doing a job that, you know, can be stressful sometimes. And just to have someone say, I hear you. Yep, you're right. That is frustrating. Like, I'm, I'm really sorry. That can sometimes be what it takes to just turn someone around. Let's put on our little hypothetical hat right now. <laughs> uh, if we didn't run under employee supremacy mm -hmm. and you're trying to build a role from scratch like this, what do you think is different? What do you think you're doing different? What if, what if, Lizanne is just like breathing down your neck, <laughs> which is so not no. Lizanne. <laughs> what do you think is different in your role and, and how you've approached it? Stress. I think stress is the number one. Like I, I am a naturally anxious person. <laughs> and so coming into this role, I think I was definitely anxious for that of like, I need to be the best. I need to do the thing. I need to hit the numbers. I need to make sure that I'm proving my worth because right as easy as you could create a role, you could also remove a role, mm -hmm. especially if it's found to not yeah. be useful. Um, so I think if we were under shareholder supremacy and really had those numbers and I really had to prove with statistics and to quantify, especially in this first year, you know, I am worth being here. I think that would be a lot stressful because it's not that simple. Building a relationship mm -hmm. just, it simply doesn't happen overnight. It's something that takes time. You know, um, sometimes you don't get in touch with people for a while. People live busy lives and we know that. Um, so to have a little bit more of that wiggle room and to say, hey, trust me, I think, you know, I think this is going to really 
work. Even if I don't have those numbers for you today, I, I will get them for you and um, just put a little trust in the process. <laughs> I, you know, I think it just, it makes the stress a lot easier. It gives me a lot more creative freedom and a lot more ability to test things out because I think when you're under that stress of shareholder supremacy, that it's, it's time, right? Money. Yeah. Money is uh, being spent. So we got to make sure it's worth it. So, and that may not also, might not also create the best um, output. Well, it goes back to something you said earlier. Uh, you talked about, I, I want to reach out to you because I have a reason to, not just because I need to contact this certain number of, of, of customers just so I can show, hey, I reached out to 15 customers this week and got a hold of three of them. Like, there's intentionality behind what you're doing yeah. that seems like that's a far and, and relationship building. And you, you mentioned the fun aspect of it, which is of course is the F in fabric. Um, that's a more respectful thing to do. I think you're not wasting people's time just to meet your own internal numbers. You're actually coming to them with a, um, hopefully a, a problem to solve or an idea to share and, and be like, you're leaving them alone. If, if there's nothing there, <laughs> like, hey, yes. you're doing great. Last time we talked, you're doing great. I see that you've implemented this thing that we talked about. Wonderful. Anything else you need from me? No, we're good. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's been a big part of it. I mean, the receptionist really is kind of a set it and forget it product to some extent where once you get it up and running and it's doing the thing you want it to do, yeah. it does it really well. So, right. So we're just making sure, you know, we're reaching out, you know, when we've got those new features and things we think can enhance what they're doing. You know, we don't need to fix anything that's not broken. For sure. Awesome. Okay. So let's help set some expectations here, <laughs> uh, specifically for our customers. You're one person yes, in one new role trying to figure out how to support and educate 6,000 plus locations around the world. Yes. Um, what have you learned? What have you, what have you figured out and how people can interact with you? I'll just say on the marketing side, we're working on some ways you and, uh, and my team can work together to be more of a one to many, but really bring that value to people of, of educating them on the system. We of course have our live demos, which we've talked about on here and, I don't know that you're going to be dressing up in any costumes anytime soon like Tom and I do. Yes. Not unless you want to. I mean, I mean, I'm open to it. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what have you figured out in the role, how people are interacting with you without going too deep into the weeds? But yeah, yeah just what have you figured out there? Yeah, that's it's something that I think is only going to get more clear and stronger as we go forward. Um, but really trying to provide um, an open platform to get that data, right? We're looking at what are people coming into support with? Um, and so how can we, again, proactively, you know, tackle those problems before they even come into support? How can we answer those questions before they're even asked? Um, so some of the things that are kind of coming up down the pipeline um, is having office hours, taking a look at having people come in and ask oh, those that. those questions and yeah. see, yeah, what is going on? How How is everyone feeling? You know, get a temperature check on our customer base. And um, I think those will be really great to also form those connections with some customers that I haven't had the chance to interact with mm -hmm. yet. Um, but then we're also, yeah, right, looking at um, doing videos, um, you know, educational videos on top of our help center. We have a really great help center, um, but, you know, providing another format. As a teacher, I am someone who loves to, you know, 
give information in every form possible because yeah. everyone's a different type of learner, right? <laughs> um, so some people may benefit from reading. Some people may benefit from watching or from uh, listening in a podcast. Um, so really what the biggest goal I'm trying to hit in the next year is to create as many forms as possible of of product information um, and put them out there and see what gets the most traction. I cannot wait for office hours. It's going to be so awesome. And and on our CX team, I mean, I know Rain on our CX team has put so much work and effort into that help center over the last year. I know Hannah's been uh, a huge part of that effort as well. So kudos to you all on that side of the business. I mean, it's it's not a world that we in marketing and sales, especially me in marketing, we don't dive into that much. Mm -hmm. But man, uh, I am really looking forward to more of that cl cross collaboration there. So I can't let you go, Julia, without asking you, like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite core value out of fabric? Which one resonates with you the most? You already mentioned fun. Is it fun? <laughs> it, I mean, fun is, it's up there. It's believe up there. Me. But um, I, for me, it's always got to be collaborative yeah. because I think that just bleeds into every other core value in itself is, you know, when you're working with others and you're collaborating with others, you're having fun, right? You get to be a little bit more authentic. You don't have to just suffer by yourself and you get to, you know, forge these really respectful and wonderful relationships. And um, it's just the core of everything I do. And every single day I'm collaborating with our team. And um, it's just so important to work-life balance and happiness, but also to, to getting the work done. And, and getting it done well. Well said, well said. Well, here's to many more episodes with you on it, Julia. You did a fantastic job and thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this episode of The Fabric. If you want more content from our studio here in Denver, Colorado, please consider subscribing to our channel here on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash the receptionist app to see more of our content coming out of this space that you see behind me, as well as more content from the remarkable guests and the rest of the team here at The Receptionist that we plan to highlight and show you much more of as we get deeper into this YouTube world. So join us in the comments. We'd love to start interacting with you there. So what did you think of this episode? What do you think about setting expectations, not only for new employees coming into new roles, but also how you set expectations for your customers for a role like Julia's where there's only one of her, right? And we have thousands and thousands of customers. So we'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts as well. Please join us and we'll see you on the next episode, all right? The Fabric is hosted by me, Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing here at The Receptionist. And it's produced by our creative manager, James Jordan. If you'd like to give The Receptionist for iPad visitor management system a try in your office, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash free trial and give us a test drive for 14 days with no credit card required. See what you think. And until next time, take care.